Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Part Date. You might be sat on a sweaty train or in a crumbling Victorian hovel, but for the next insert number of minutes, please, we'll be taking you back to nature. Because in each episode, we'll rip up the podcast rulebook and kidnap, well, lead, a different guest to their favourite local park. And there, we'll talk about the things that they like to do. So pack a picnic blanket. Try saying that after a few Proseccos. Our guarantee to you, lucky listener, is that this episode will contain one or more of the following. Ice cream, swings, grass, dog walkers, drunks, canoodling couples, a possible mugging, and fun in the sun, unless it rains. So join me, Christopher Beanland, yes, that is my real name, and a special guest as we try to create the perfect park date. intro to park date i am on location in boston massachusetts um i am in the thomas j butler memorial park uh, which is a long park i am strolling through in the sunshine and uh it's very nice it's a new park next to uh boston's seaport and uh, the best bit of it is I've just passed a canine park where there are hundreds of dogs uh, playing around and looking very, very happy. Um, lots of urban revitalization in Boston. It's a very nice city that I think we would like to come and visit. Um, and great parks. So coming up on this episode, we have... Uh, a person who I love to talk to. She's a brilliant writer, journalist, and now maker of podcasts such as Fake Heiress, which tells the story of Anna Delvey, who you will probably know from uh, the Netflix show Inventing Anna, and Fake Psychic, which tells the story of... Lamar Keane. You should check out both of her BBC podcasts. We have a chat in Haggerston Park in East London, which is a great party park. Uh, 
place that you would love to go to. But also, on an animal theme, it has some farm animals and assorted um, old, uh, <laughs> knackered old animals with nowhere else to go. Um, they seem quite unwanted and they're sort of old and slow and uh, they remind me very much of myself which is probably why I like to go and hang out with them. There's donkeys and sheep and horses and all kinds of things like that. Haggerston Park is very nice and if you find yourself in Boston come here, Thomas Butler Memorial Park. It has lots of wayfinding signs like the one I'm looking at now talking about the Port of Boston Container Terminal. If you like to geek out like me, you're in the right place. This is great. There's all kinds of information about Boston's seafaring past. So let's move on to today's episode. Um, and remember that if you would like to follow Parkgate, then you really should. Parkgate Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Parkgate.co.uk and do leave us a review and tell me how much you hate slash love Parkgate. Here is Vicky Baker in Haggerston Park with uh, an old, washed up and knackered presenter. Welcome to Haggerston Park uh, on a slightly grey and chilly day. I'm here with a person who is much better at speaking Spanish than me and much better at making podcasts than me. It's Vicky Baker. Hi, Vicky. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Um, we're walking into Haggerston Park. Have you been to this park many times before? Yeah, but not recently. Yeah. Not for ages, so... Nice. I think I watched the um, the Olympics opening ceremony from this park. Did you? Yeah, that's I a good memory. Was, yeah, that was yeah, that was a top memory. Wow, it was really fun, and you could see the um, the planes like go overhead yeah. um, with the you know the flag colours, and it was coming straight from the Olympics uh, stadium, being sort of near, so nearby. Yeah, I remember that day. That was. Um, that seemed to be quite a momentous day, didn't it? Everyone was very bought into that day and the ceremony was quite a kind of positive surprise, wasn't it? Because, yeah, we expected it to be a bit of a flop. A bit of a flop. A typical <laughs> British flop. And it actually turned out to be um, quite, uh, quite kind of successful, didn't it? And, yeah, very... Um, um, almost quite moving, wasn't it, when you were, when you were watching uh, all, those, uh, all those things happening. Um, and then it's almost like everything from the day after that just started going downhill <laughs> quite rapidly. Uh, it was like the last, the last day before it, um, before it all started going wrong. Um, maybe we sh- should we look at the animals while we're here? Oh, there are animals. There's the city farm. Yeah, let's let's loop round and we'll go and we'll go and have a look at them. Um, I'm not sure if they moved out during COVID, but. Um, We'll have a have a look. I can see a robin. Can you see that? Off season. Yeah. Um, that's another good thing about parks, isn't it? You can 
see some wildlife, um, some birds and stuff. Um, do you go to your park in Walthamstow much? Like yeah, my Lloyd, local. Lloyd park? Yeah, Lloyd Park yeah. is my local park, and yeah, good, good few times a week actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's just you know just somewhere from going for a quick run or a quick yeah. on a really busy work day, just for a, yeah. a brief. I don't know, just to get out of the house and yeah. it's very nearby. And I think that's the I don't know that's the best thing about London, having so many options, so in terms many of green spaces that other cities you don't have. Exactly. Yeah, Lloyd Park is a nice, a nice one, isn't it? Yeah, I like the uh, William Morris Gallery that's there as well. They mm -hmm. always have good. Good exhibitions, don't they? Um, what are some other ones in in Walthamstow? There's one by St James. Yeah, we've got St James's, which is a little one. I mean, we've got a lot of green, like I don't know, a lot of green space with the marshes and things like that. But they don't count mm. as your park. So you're, you're defining parks very um, specifically. Well, I think they can be even a little bit of green that you know is on a maybe a bomb site or where they've just created a little garden or something i think those ones are quite nice as well aren't they because mm -hmm. they're kind of yeah useful for local residents to to go to um but yeah then you obviously get the small ones then you get the big ones as well don't you like hyde park and, and uh um regent's park which are massive um but yeah those nice nice small ones are uh quite sweet as well uh i can see so i can see something which is living is that are they horses i think they are aren't they oh wow yeah this there is great go. this is so we're by we're by the i think it's called hackney city farm where they have some animals um what's here i can see some goats, goats. that's actually very cute some baby goats um, hanging out. They look very happy. You can hear, you can hear the sound, the unmistakable sound of sheep. <laughs> there's, li there's little lambs as well, isn't there? Can you see those? Mm -hmm. Those baby ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's Season, a, I guess. These are. I, I can promise, promise the listeners, these are not sound effects that I've added later. <laughs> Which you probably can do if you go to the Radio 4 Sound Effects Library. They are real, uh, real animals. That, and those lambs are very, very small as well, aren't they? There they go. I can see a donkey. Wow. This is very nice. Kids would love it here. They should I think bring... they do. I think they probably do. <laughs> <laughs> why is, why is there no kids here? They, they, should, bring, they should bring all the local, uh, local school kids here. Um, yeah, it's nice to see that. And there's a good cafe here, I think, as well, isn't there? Have you ever been to the been to the cafe here? Uh, in the actual farm, yeah. I think I have actually. Yeah, that's quite a nice one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. oh, very, very sweet. And it's kind of strange to be in the middle of London and you have like a have like a yeah sort of little farm. I'm thinking of other places that do it. Like Clissold has the had a few animals. You're right. Clissold has deer, doesn't it? Mm. And and some do they have goats as well uh yeah wasn't it bob and dylan were they, the, they <laughs> i think they were named that i didn't know they yeah. were named uh, bob I'm and dylan sure they had names like that that's very good that's very good i like that 
Yeah. My niece was a fan. Oh, was she? Mm-hmm. She liked. Which was her favourite out of Bob and Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just like like them I all? Don't know. I guess. I have to. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you remember that now. I have to go back and. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Ask. Get get her on the on the phone, and we'll um, <laughs> find out find out what she likes. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, but um, I was I was going to say um, uh, because. You're obviously you're obviously great at Spanish. Maybe we should have done. Oh God, don't make it useful. <laughs> we should have done a podcast in Spanish. <laughs> ¿Cuál es el mejor parque en el mundo? <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting good on it. <laughs> no sé. Um, yeah, I think. Um, well, you when, when you're in um, Buenos Aires. Is there was there a park that you went to there mm. that you enjoyed? I can't. I don't remember going well, there. But yeah, I don't remember going to a park. There aren't many, and that is from amazing city. That is one of yeah. its downfalls, actually. Yeah. Um, um, I love it, but I did notice specifically when I came back mm. how how much better London is for for that. There was what there's one in Palermo, which is ri- that is sort of the biggest. Yeah. Um, and has this kind of really nice woods um attached to it as well and it's got yeah. like um a little lakey bit and um and everybody goes there but yeah it was just even though i lived in that s- same neighborhood it was on the other side it was it was always a bit mm. of a trek to get there especially in the height of summer and um and there aren't that many places and there was a couple of like little plazas but they're i don't know probably more chaotic than yeah. a, a standard street yeah. so there wasn't many places where you could just go and particularly those kind of small places like this mm. that um that it's not an event to go to do you know what i mean where yeah. you just sort of pop into and um, i missed that yeah yeah it's a it's a very big very big and crazy crazy city but a very <laughs> a very fun one i remember um uh, when I uh, met you, when I I was in uh, Buenos Aires at the same time that you were, and I seem to remember we had a dinner and <laughs> quite drunken uh, <laughs> evening. But there's lots of kind of amazing places that you can go and eat and drink in Buenos Aires, isn't there? Maybe there's not great parks, but you can certainly yeah uh, yeah eat it's and not drink like a like a king or queen, can't you? <laughs> yeah, it's not lacking other things. It's not yeah. lacking good food, good mm. amazing wine, and and yeah nightlife yeah yeah which is and it's it really is quite quite, i don't think if you've not sort of been to latin america maybe people won't realize the kind of nightlife that people have is uh that that they have there is it's it is quite like it's often quite debauched isn't it people will kind of go out till five or six in the morning and go to work (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I never used to work out how my um, housemate could do it. She was she was um, Argentinian, um, mm. and yeah, she would just somehow get up and get going the next day. Yeah. I don't think they drink quite as much as us, yeah. so maybe we don't have those shockers of a hangover. But but still, no sleep though. Yeah, That's the thing. yeah but then I would catch up with her like a few days later, yeah. and then she would come home and just like crash like really early. But still, yeah, yeah. yeah going at starting the night so much later yeah it's funny isn't it because well also thinking about parks we often have a thing in britain where you'll you know meet people on a saturday if the weather's nice and you'll hear the prosecco 
uh, corks popping at 1pm, people just start very, very early, don't they? And when you, you know, look at Spain or Latin America, it's more of a... Like, people have that calimocho thing, don't they, where you have, like, uh, you know, wine and coke in, in the day, but it's more of a late-night sort of thing, isn't it, when, when you're partying? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, much more of a late-night culture. Late and night. even, like, kids' discos and things. I remember one of my colleagues, like, was picking up their... You know, like, remember school discos? They'd finish about, like, eight, <laughs> half past seven, eight o'clock, <laughs> wouldn't they? And then this one was like, oh, I've got to go and pick that kids up. It's, like, 2 a.m. from their school Hold on, the, the school disco yeah. went on till 2 a.m.? Yeah. I can't believe I don't that. know if that's common. That might be, actually. Other people might say that was just a real anomaly, but that was, in, in, in yeah. this situation, it was like, yeah, it was going on until silly, but... Wow. That's, um, yeah, that's that's so funny. Exactly. In in, um, in England, those school discos are over very early. I, that's, that's kind of... I haven't talked about school disco <laughs> for so long, Vicky, and that's kind of... <laughs> I have to say, that's kind of triggering, in a way... Because it makes me think of going to school disco and feeling extremely shy and out of place um, and not really hugely enjoying it, I have to say. Did you like your school discos? <laughs> no, I can't say. I don't think I was a big fan. I don't remember yeah. many of them. Maybe I've suppressed those memories. Yeah. No, God, I, yeah, I remember, like, I think, we, I think we had them in in junior school when I was, like, maybe nine or ten and... That was really, I was really not in a place to be. That was when you did those awkward oh, slow dances where you kind of put your hands on someone's shoulders right. from like really far away. Really? No? We, that was that. That was were like. Were you doing those? <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere near anybody. There was no, there was no slow dancing even even at that distance for me. Yeah, those those school discos. Wasn't there something called a? Yeah. I think there was, yeah. It was yeah. like a snowball where you had to sort of put, swap a what? partners or something. Snowball? I might be completely making that up. There was some sort of word and there was some sort of, sort of almost like game-like yeah. thing that was incorporated. This was oh. in like when I was about 10 or something. That's interesting. What, um, what, what song would they have played? I'm uh, not going to tell you because that would completely <laughs> me. I'm trying to think. <laughs> God, there's probably some Phil Collins going on at my um, at my discos in those days. What else? What else was there? Um, maybe I Wham. Mean, let's I face it. it was, there probably was some Kylie and Jason. Kylie and Jason. Um, what's that one that's like uh, together? Um, is it called that? I can't remember the name of it. What, yeah, there's. Yeah, especially, uh, especially for you. Especially for you. <laughs> um, yeah, this school disco. But yeah, I, I imagine uh, an Argentinian school disco would be. I, I think everyone would be less repressed and it would be more of a fun thing. Yeah. But that's like, all, that's like all kind of life, isn't it? When you, when you go to Southern Europe or you go to Latin America, everyone just seems more. Open all the all the kissing, greeting yeah. everybody. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. somewhere from your hairdresser to the, someone in the bank to yeah. you know, going to a dinner and having to go around the table and kiss everybody. Kiss everyone, yeah, exactly. It's a very it, it's it's very kind of welcoming and open though, isn't it? Which yeah. so 
we're so standoffish. And I do wonder if uh, our national uh, national drunkenness is to do mm. with our kind of awkward, mm. our sort of feeling of cultural awkwardness, maybe. Like, that's the only way. To let loose of it. Yeah, exactly, is to get very drunk because yeah, everyone just feels so painfully. Yeah, and have those conversations yeah. with other people. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, we're just walking around Haggerston Park now. I, I should, I should, I need to be more of a professional uh, in in so many ways. But one of them is researching <laughs> parks because I've always wondered about this park, and I, I'll put some information in the notes. But it strikes me that this is like a walled park. I wonder this is different to other other parks because it looks like it was maybe uh, the gardens of like a house or something. Um, but I've noticed how some parks are kind of open and some are closed with a with a gate like some royal parks you get kind of thrown out of when it's when it's dark and i guess mm. that happens here whereas something like um uh like london fields or something you can uh, you can just get into it any any time people doing some exercising there in the background if you notice those <laughs> those straining noises um yeah but it's uh but it's a nice uh, it's a nice one Hexton. I, I need to come come here more often um now i think it would be uh it'd be good uh to talk talk about uh as we're on a pod- podcast to talk about the podcast that you've made vicky which i really really loved um and uh i guess i wondered like how you um decided to 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 talk about uh, those things like mm-hmm. the Anna Delvey one first, fake heiress, and then the new one, fake psychic, about um, Lamar Keane. What sort of drew you to those to those stories, and why did you want to make podcasts about those about those people? Well, I think it was a bit of a um, a fluke coincidence that led to making the first one. Really, yeah. the whole thing actually, because um, I was working in. Um, in the DC bureau with the BBC, yeah. and I was working on something else. I think I was investigating televangelists because I really do, you know, mm. as another big scam in some cases. And um, we were talking about your love of a scam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was fully deep into that, and yeah. then I went into the morning meeting, and I said, "Oh, you know, there's the Santa Delvey trial on, and you've probably seen the story. It went a bit viral once before, mm. and it's she's on trial." Do you, you know, we should probably, we, the collective we, should cover this. Like, yeah. someone should pick it up. Yeah, right. And, um, and you know, it can't be me because I'm in the middle of doing my other thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then next thing I know, they're like, no, yeah, over to you, Vicky. Yeah. You know, write, write the feature. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Um, and, and then as soon as I got into it, I was like, God, this is a hell of a title. Um, and, yeah, um, really got stuck into it. Um, and then um, afterwards, it was like my um, soon-to-be colleague um, Sasha Yevtushenko from the BBC Drama um, department was up. He'd he'd already earmarked it as a yeah. Uh, saw, saw the potential to do a drama, which I never, you know, I never would have thought of dramatising mm. it and working with actors and a playwright and things like that. Um, and it just kind of it just fell into place from there. Yeah, and it works. It works really well. Obviously, Sasha's um, background is um, 
making plays, uh, audio plays like Master and Margarita and other things like that. And I think the, those recreations um, actually work really well then, don't they, to kind of bring the story bring the story to life. Yeah, there hadn't been that many at that point where um, the sort of the combination of journalism and drama was mm. a bit new. And, um, um, and I think they go really well together. Um, I mean, there are obviously times when you kind of think, as a journalist, you'll, you know, you want to get everything right yeah. and you have to let go a little bit and let the, um, and let the playwright um, tell the story and, yeah. you know, utilise their creativity and imagination because we don't know exactly what was said in some of these scenes. Um, but, yeah, that was fun. I kind of always think it's like, you know, when you're watching, like, a TV series or something, like, that is based on a true story as a, as a straightforward drama and you end up... Um, like googling things at the same time like if you're watching The Crown you're like did this really happen and like you're googling and that's yeah. like and so I think the sort of the docudrama podcast allows you to do both those things like hopefully I'm kind of predicting what people would be googling yeah. and then answering those questions yeah. it's funny with um, Anna especially it's, it's <gasps> like um, the the Anna story especially is kind of it's always become like your story hasn't it because you've told the Anna story so much yes, yes, and so been been kind of so deeply involved with it what were your what were your thoughts having learned all those things about Anna and made that documentary about Anna Delvey like did your did you change your mind about her or like what what were your sort of thoughts having learned all that stuff and told the story so many times uh, I mean, there was definitely a point where I thought there was far enough Anna in my life for a, for a <laughs> lifetime. Uh, then it just keeps Hashtag coming back. too much Anna. Much Anna. Yeah. You know, with the, with the Netflix TV show, and there's always, you know, there's always sort of little episodes in her yeah. real life where it keeps coming back. Yeah. Um, Invented Anna's been very, very popular, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It seems, I think the story seems to resonate with people a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's intriguing. It's almost like, I mean, yeah, I mean, what do I think of her? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. As I got, I don't know, as I got to know her story a bit more, I was always trying to work out what her motivate. I think she was a mysterious character, and that's what mm. attracted us to the story in the first place. Yeah. And um, and I think she does put some boundaries up, and it's always quite hard to get to like who she is. And yeah. um, uh, and I don't know, I don't know how sort of it would be interesting what she does in her sort of trying to reinvent herself now as a celebrity and whether she has that kind of celebrity star power to go with it. Yeah. Um, she is quite a mysterious person, isn't she? And I think that is, that is, the, that is the appeal. And it's, it is strange to kind of think about what, what's, um, what's driven her. Um, I guess she's sort of be- become a kind of heroine to people. Is that fair to say? I don't know. People are like mystified by her but i feel like they they're also they kind of like love her in a in a in a way that you sort of think like well why is she doing this but also you know she's got like obviously had like the crazy confidence to go and do all these things i mean she has got a weird sort of fan base um i do think it's quite minor i think a lot of people the most majority of people who you know mass audience who watched uh, Inventing Anna and maybe listened to that podcast as well like I think most are actually not massively sympathetic do you think so yeah um, but uh, there are there. Are, I mean I was listening to an interview that she did recently with um, on a podcast with Julia Fox right um, and that was extraordinary because they were just kept calling her queen and like <laughs> you know you know just idolising her yeah and um, yeah, it was kind of weird, weird to listen to, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's fair to say that's not my impression. Yeah, and I've asked you that. I've asked you this before, but I, I, I do wonder like what it would be like if you were to meet Anna. Uh, I want, I wonder what. I, I feel like it would be quite an awkward conversation if you were to talk to her. She seems like quite. Well, we've had some contact, yeah. and uh, you know she doesn't shy away from it. Mm. Uh, that was the interesting thing, I suppose, when we were making it as well. I was like, gosh, if she really 
regrets all this and goes to the yeah. ground and we're giving putting I don't know telling all her story um, that would be more awkward yeah but the fact that she has come to embrace the attention and uh, doesn't really mind get engaging with the press yeah. um, makes it a lot easier yeah definitely um, and when you then made fake psychic about the uh, marquee did you see any kind of similarities between him and Anna or was it just the, the idea of that kind of scam story um yeah there are some similarities mm. um, and I there was sort of through understanding more about Lamar as a psychic con man I sort of made me reconsider Anna a little bit yeah. and um, just this idea of charisma and, and um, I, I was coming across because I was you know Lamar is actually long dead and so I was yeah. trying to come up trying to get a sense of who he was and like from the people who'd met him and tracing various people um, and I was getting sort of mixed responses as in some people found him very charismatic and um, um, you know would captivate people in the room and other people said he was very forgettable and, um, and you know maybe it was his partner was the the, the more memorable one of the two and um, and it turned out speaking to a sort of um, sociologist for the podcast Yanya Lalich and she's an expert in cults, more cults and he was not a cult leader but um, the idea of kind of belief and following um, these charismatic characters and she was telling me that charisma is always in the eye of the beholder and so it's not actually in, in, innate in that person which is why you can have like you know some people you know fall for people's charms more easily than others and um, and others are just not caught up with them at all and wouldn't yeah. wouldn't pay them any attention and that's the same with Anna really like there were yeah. some people who still say that she was um, she had some sort of quality about her where you you know and the big personality that you think that she was rich and other people um, um, just really didn't get, yeah didn't yeah. have much time for her when she would like to turn up and do her pitch you know they'd turn the other way yeah um, and yet she had sort of some hangers-on who were interested in her every word and um, so it's really how you interpret it rather than um, someone being a charismatic nature yeah and, and that makes a big difference in how people manage to fool fool people yes it's, when they're scamming it, it's it's interesting isn't it i was thinking this when i was watching the dropout recently as well was that kind of question of how you know you believe someone i think yeah i don't know maybe maybe both are obviously our our, our backgrounds are in, in journalism and maybe our spidey senses are so finely tuned to to everything that's going on i feel like it would be very difficult for someone to scam me into to anything but i mean maybe, so, famous but last I words yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe some people are more easily more easily led or or something but, but it comes in yeah and it comes down to the other thing i learned from the lamar Keane story was that he coined this phrase true believer syndrome um, Talk to us about true believer syndrome. So 
that's basically the idea that you um, you're so committed to a belief in something that whatever evidence mm. you are shown, it's not going to make any difference. Yeah. So in Lamar's case, you know, he's confessing to his misdeeds and the fact that he was not really psychic and it was all made up and he showed people all his workings and they were still like, okay, fine, but I still yeah. believe you. <laughs> and I still, you know, um, I'm going to follow other, you know, work with your partner or whatever. And... Um, yeah, and you can't be swayed, and it seems to be very much um, relatable to our times today when you get, um, I don't know, from QAnon to <laughs> all these yeah. conspiracy theories where uh, people get so embedded and it becomes such a community to them that you can't just, even if you show people that whatever it is that they're believing in or anti back sentiments and show them um, the scientific papers or whatever they're not gonna change their minds yeah um, yeah and and it's more that you know that, that yeah they'd be losing too much in fact yeah that's um, that's a really interesting a really interesting uh, um, yeah insight isn't it into how how people believe in things and what what they believe and whether they believe you know us as the media or you know people kind of telling the stories do people believe uh the way that we're telling stories or i guess the idea of stories per se is quite a quite an interesting one isn't it like who is who is telling the truth and um yeah how how and when do people people um people believe it but i think obviously but i mean i love both those podcasts and i think um I mean, do you think that do you think the podcast medium uh, is a good way to tell those stories? Do you think it's a, a way that kind of resonates with with people as well to to do it in yeah, that way? Yeah, I think so because um, it's sort of a dialogue, even though it's very much a one way, yeah. you know, narration yeah. and uh, or even with uh, with scenes, it still feels like I think it can feel to the listener like they're involved mm. and. Um, and it's they're sort of on a journey with you, trying to mm. work out the the scam or work out, you know, in some cases like the murder or whatever yeah. it is. Um, there's a lot, you know. You feel like you're playing a part, um, and it's you know, it's quite, sometimes can be quite a lot of open questions, that, um, and I think that's good too. Yeah. Um, People can people can add to it a lot, can't they? Um, yeah. Anna, I went to uni with Anna Doble, and um, mm-hmm. she was involved in the uh, the podcast that the BBC did with NRK about. Ah, the, the, was it Death in Ice Valley? The Ice Valley. I was just yeah. thinking of that one. Yeah, where Which, you can actually chip in with your thoughts exactly, on exactly. Yeah, they re- uh, yeah they seven. really encouraged the listeners in Norway and UK and now around the world as well to to help with. Um, uh, with evidence and with with theories, and they they really have that kind of open dialogue, um, and it's that's a fascinating kind of cold cold case about for anyone that doesn't know about an un- unsolved uh, unsolved death, basically like who was who was the who killed this person? How did it happen? And who was the person? Um, but yeah, people kind of added added their own um, added their own thoughts and theories to it. But I, I often wonder as well. I mean. You know, podcasting is quite 
quite new to me. I hope this doesn't sound horribly unprofessional, uh, <laughs> listener, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of think there's an intimacy, isn't there, when you're, you know, when you're listening, it's like a kind of yeah. one-on-one thing, isn't it? So yeah. maybe there's like sort of more power in, in the podcast. Yeah, and I think the, what, the way that we did both of those as well was to, let, to leave a lot of gaps for um, listeners to m- make their own interpretation. Mm. And, you know, I don't think we either glamorised or demonised um, Anna. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of... It's almost, it's almost sort of hard to sort of to say what, what I think about Anna because it's, you know, I think we painted quite, you know, more of a complex yes. picture, picture yeah. and it was left open to, to people to determine what they thought of her and um, and the friendship she made along the way. Yeah. And would you do more, we touched on this briefly when we were talking earlier, but do you think you'd uh, make more uh, podcasts, Vicky? An- another fake. In the future, fake yeah. <laughs> the third fake. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to. It's a great subject. There's, you know, it's a great area. There's loads of scope. There's no shortage of... Yeah. Um, yeah, people doing terrible scams. So, fake yeah. fake podcaster. How about this for an idea? A writer who has no business making podcasts, <laughs> interviewing people. It doesn't really know what he's doing. Uh, podcasts sound a bit half-assed, but they're quite enjoyable. Do you think that would make a you've got to, you know, bit meta? If you're going to get six episodes, you've got to kill someone in the middle or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I could do that. Or, I don't think I could do that. turn it into some money-making empire which nobody's worked out how to do yet no exactly (laughs) well I read the other day the best way to monetize a podcast is sell your equipment Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would have thought you and and Sasha would be millionaires by now after um, after that you should should have got Netflix to cut you a deal for um, for Anna shouldn't you really it's the BBC what you say yeah exactly exactly Um, but no I really enjoyed those both and I think you should make um, make more of uh, make more of them in in the future maybe um one set in Argentina, which would involve you having to relocate. Unfortunately, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that could be the <laughs> that could be the idea. What do you think? There must be some sto- there must be some stories from there. There's all kinds of mm. craziness going on in um, Argentina, isn't there? Maybe that would be the future. <laughs> <laughs> Have you enjoyed our walk around Hagerston Park today, oh, Vicky? Lovely. Thank you yeah. for inviting me. It was nice to be in that park for the first time in ages. Yeah. What was your favourite part of the park? Um, You've got to say the animals. I've got to say the animals. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> random goats. Yeah, the animals. That, were that was definitely amazing. my favourite. Not um, many parks can you see. Well, they we said obviously. Clissold. Well, we need to find. We need to find out if the names of the goats in Clissold are Bob, Bob and, Dylan. and Dylan. Yeah, that will be my next. <laughs> my next mission. Um, perfect. Okay, Vicky Baker. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode of Park Date. Um, there's lots more where that came from, and there'll be more in the future as well. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review, um, good or bad, make them funny. I'll be reading out the best ones, and there'll be a prize for the one that makes me laugh the most. Name check some trees in your reviews and leave them wherever you get your podcasts from 
check out our website parkdate.co.uk and um, if you see me walking around in a park come and say hello I think that was the sound of someone sneezing um, yes thank you bye bye On the next episode of Park Date, it's just me and some ant friends. Okay, here's an ant. Here's another ant. I can see three more. There's ten coming from uh, one direction. Here's another one. Here's another one. Can I just grab one of you? Yeah. You over here, yeah. Let me just put the microphone down here. Um, can you tell me uh, who's your favourite contestant from Love Island? All that, and even less, on the next episode of Park Date. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.